0: Pick and serve alongside the preachers but Philip is not only a deacon he's also an evangelist look with me if you will in Acts chapter number 21 we're looking at Philip and his calling look in Acts chapter number 21 and verse number 8 and the next day we that were of Paul's company departed came into Caesarea and we entered to the house of Philip the evangelist in case you don't think this is the same one I'm talking about which was one of the seven and abode with them He not only was a deacon, this is his calling. He's calling of God. It's not just to help be a servant to the church, but his calling is an evangelist. Matter of fact, he is the only one in your Bible that it's named an evangelist. You could say it like this: He was such a good example of an evangelist. God used him to be the only pattern for every evangelist to follow after. I say amen. Hey man, if you want to be an evangelist, Be thank God underneath the leadership of your pastor, dedicated to a local church, serve in whatever capacity God wants you to serve. Amen, and thank God, fulfill the calling of God. Amen, upon your life. Amen, the Bible says he was such a good example. Nobody else is named an evangelist. Philip the evangelist, his calling. But notice this, in in chapter 21 in verse number eight, you'll notice this about him, his charity. Philip loved his pastor and the other men of God. You find it in Acts chapter number six. You find it in Acts chapter number 21. Hey man, he started out in Acts chapter number six, aiding, assisting the men of God and he never got away from it. In Acts chapter number 21 in verse number eight, notice what the Bible says. Everybody still back there? Notice what the Bible said in Acts 21 and verse number eight, if I can never get there. Acts 21 verse number eight. And the next day we that were upon come. Uh, and they departed, came into Caesarea and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist. Now what are you saying? What's the big deal about that preacher? Well in Acts chapter number six when there was some griping going on about some widows not being ministered to and hey man, The Bible says God put it on the preacher's heart that they were to put it to the church under the leadership of those preachers that are recommend, make recommendation. The church is to pick those men that they feel like are full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost and all those other qualifications. The the reason that God allowed them to have deacons was to assist the preachers and taking care of the needs of the church. So the first time we see Philip come on the scene, the Bible says, in the book of Acts at least, in the book of Acts, that he came on board helping the church, assisting men of God. He still has the same heart because when Paul came to his house in Acts chapter number 21 and all that crowd that was with Paul and he had a great company traveling with him the Bible said he took them into his house he must have housed them in his house we know that he fed them in his house he has a desire to be hospitable and to be helping the man of God thank God for his charity, his calling his companions, his Christianity but notice in Acts 21 verse number 9 notice this about him, notice this about his children amen I love this look at verse number 9 and the same man had four daughters virgins which did prophesy now we know that the Bible says the Bible says that the older women are to teach the younger women the Bible says that no woman is to usurp authority over the man so there can't be no traveling evangelist woman preacher somebody say amen I don't care if her name is Ann. Amen, amen. I want to get into that. But ain't it good to know, thank God that the Bible tells us exactly what to follow. Amen. No matter if their daddy is a worldwide evangelist, somebody say amen. He had children. What was his children? They were virgin daughters. What are you saying, preacher? He raised a godly family. He raised up women and, amen, his children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I'm saying this, he ran a tight ship. Thank God for an evangelist. Amen, thank God for a Christian evangelist. Thank God for a charitable evangelist. Thank God for a companion-minded evangelist who's charitable and takes care and raises children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. He raised his kid. He brought him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But I'm interested in this tonight and in his commission. Notice what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 8. Let's go back to our text. In Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 26. Now he's preaching. He's preaching in Samaria, according to the first part of Acts. He goes back to preaching, and the Bible said he's preaching in Jerusalem and in many villages around Jerusalem that had Samaritans in it and he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the the angel of the Lord, not just an errand boy, but the angel of the Lord commissioned him to go, not hey, you, you gotta think about this. Folks, it's getting saved. You've got religious people getting saved. You've got people getting saved, amen, they're considered outcasts, outlaws, they're getting saved. You've got people inside the city of God getting saved. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking at this and I'm thinking in my mind, scratching my head. I bet you Philip probably said, Lord, are you are. I mean, maybe I ain't hearing this right. Or you want me to leave a place where God, where your saving souls, folks, are getting born again, where, where you are developing a church right here? Or you want me to leave this place and go to a desert, to a deserted place? Uh, Lord, am I, am, I, am I listening to the right spirit? And notice what the Bible says. Notice what the Bible says. The angel of the Lord speaking to Philip and said, Arise and go toward the south, under that way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Hey man, I love this. Whatever whatever it was Philip made, he come to terms because the Bible said in the next verse, he arose and went. Boy, I'm telling you what. Thank God for a man of God like Philip. He didn't have to have the limelight. He didn't care if he went somewhere where nobody didn't know who he was. He's just glad to mind God. He was glad to get a word from God. He was just glad to be a part of the work of God. Oh, hallelujah for evangelists that didn't have to have uh, Philip's evangelistic team to go out in front of. He didn't have to go blitz a. Uh, he didn't have to go blitz a town. He didn't bring a. <laughs> he went out yonder. Hey man, in the desert for the minding of God, his commission. Notice not only the preacher, notice the place. Notice this: the Bible said he told him to go to a desert, the way that go down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now that was known as a treacherous place. That was known as a troubling place. But it wasn't going to be a long place. It was going to be just a temporary place. Sometimes God sends us into places that allows trouble to to test us just a little bit. Amen. And, And it's not for us to stay there a long time. Amen. But it is going to be a temporary place. And if we'll mind God, he'll let us see some things in the desert that we would not see. Philip is going to see things in the desert that he'd never saw if he had not minded God. Amen. You see church don't think God forgot about you in the dry times of your life. When you feel like everybody else is in revival, everybody else is swinging off the chandeliers and enjoying the blessings of God, swinging from the ceiling fans, running the aisles, and you feel like I'm in a desert by myself. You kind of picture that little cloud like on the cartoons and everywhere, everybody else has got sunshine and you got a little depressing crowd, a cloud over top of it. Just good news. God knows you're just gonna be there and God's allowing some things to happen in your life and if you'll just be faithful in the midst of your desert, God's gonna let you see some things you'd have never saw. Amen. Somebody say amen. Notice the preacher, notice the place. It's the place every one of us is gonna go every once in a while. Desert is a hot place. That's when the heat's turned up. I don't know if y'all realize or not, they're turning the heat up. Amen. We're living in a time in 2022 when they are literally turning up the heat on the Bible believers. And, and it's not necessarily to the lost crowd. They've always done that. But the Bible already told us it's going to be like this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And he's talking to Timothy and pastoring that church in Ephesus. And he says, And the last days come. It'll be a perilous time. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Wait just a minute. Preacher, that sounds like the world. It does. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when the church starts looking like the world, you'll know it's the last days. And they are a perilous times when folks who claim to know me start living like they don't know me. Is everybody with me? It is a hot place. The heat's turned up. It's a hard place. People, hey, not a lot of things survive in the desert. Not not a lot of growth going on in the desert, Brother Dale. Hey, but can I say this? There's some people in our text that's gonna find living water in the desert. Amen. Hey, it's gonna be growth going on in the desert. Amen. There's gonna be something beautiful down there in the desert. Amen thank God it's a hard place a hard place it's a hazardous place hey man gotta be careful keep walking keep looking for water don't never stop don't give up I'm saying this don't abandon the desert because you think it'll be better off somewhere else you say preach about it you just gotta understand hey man why well, ask Emelech if it pays off ask Naomi if it pays off it don't pay off when the famine comes or the desert comes hey man it's a hazardous place Just stay where you're at because in the most dangerous place in the world, if you're in the will of God, you're gonna be safer than if you were somewhere else. Amen. It's a humble place. Amen. You don't get a lot of glory down there. Nobody don't hear about all the. I mean, back here in Jerusalem and Samaria, how I many folks is getting healed? Folks is cripples walking. Folks is getting saved. How I many God's moving? God's building churches. But over here in the desert, it's a humbling place. Ain't nobody gonna get glory over there. Ain't nobody gonna know you being faithful over there. But God, oh, but thank God, it's a holy place. Amen. God likes to show up in the desert. You say, preacher, prove it. I'm glad you asked me. Go back with me if you will in your mind when Moses was on the back side of a desert what he get to see he got to saw a bush that burned but was not consumed wasn't it wasn't wild to see something burn in the desert it combust because of the heat but what was amazing was it burned, but it wouldn't consume. It still, boy, I, I want to be a church that's like a burning bush. I want to be a Christian that's like a burning bush. I want to make folks turn us out. But remember, but remember, but remember this now, church. Abraham got spoke to by God in the desert. He got his call in the desert. He had communion with God in the desert. Hey, God walked in between the pieces. Hey, man, a picture of Calvary. Hey, man, with Abraham in the desert. In the dark times God was walking with, hey, man. When Abraham passed out and he couldn't make his end of the covenant, God said, don't worry about it because what this picture's, it's all on me anyway. Hey, man, thank God. I say, bless the Lord. He got to see things in it. Moses got to see the glory over yonder in the desert. Jacob got to have an encounter with God in a desert. He rested on a rock, saw a ladder, saw God himself. Hey, man, angels ascending and descending. Hagar, when she Cast out of Abraham's house. Hey Amen. She thought her and her son was going to die. She got to see a whale in the desert. I'm telling you, God does a lot of things in a desert and He's still doing things in a desert today. Amen. Amen. Listen, church, just because you're in a desert, it doesn't mean that God's not moving, God's not working. Sometimes God allows Babylon times, a time out in your service for God. Let's captivity take place. You get took to a far country in Babylon just so you can realize how blessed you got it. That's what happened. They rebelled in life principles. They were there in Canaan land for about 800 years. For 490 years, they had not kept the Sabbath, letting letting the ground rest one time out of seven years. And God's going to get his Sabbath. Are y'all listening to this preacher? He's going to get his tithe of land, his tithe of time. He's going to get it one way or the other. And because they would not give God for 490 years his one in seven God just got all 70 of them at one time. Are y'all listening to this preacher? He put them in, if you don't believe me, read Ezra 1, 1, read Daniel chapter 9, all through the Bible, God's gonna get his time. Yeah, man, and God sometimes has to let them go into Babylon because they rebelled against the principles of life and they loved idols rather than God and they committed sacrilege. And so, hey, man, but thank God, church, can I just say this? If they hadn't went to Babylon, They'd have never saw Nebuchadnezzar's vision. Daniel never interpreted it. They'd never saw that rock cut out of the mountain and be of the only kingdom that lasts forever. That Daniel would have never been delivered out of the den of lions. Mad Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have never got to see Jesus walking. in the cave. Hey, man, He's a lot God, the, hey, Ezekiel would have never got to see the throne show up. And God sitting on the throne got the vision down at the river Kabar. He'd have never got that. Back in Jerusalem, you say sometimes it's in those desert times and those hard times and Babylon times, times you feel like you're in captivity. That God will let you see things and experience things and walk with Him through things that you'd have never got to see anywhere else. Because God still loves you in spite of yourself. Somebody help me up in here. I'm trying to get to the message. Amen. Woo, he does some stuff in the desert. Say amen. He'll talk to you in the desert. He'll touch you in the desert. He'll set, by the way, what Israel say in the book of Psalms, he reminds us he can set a table in the desert. Amen. He'll talk to you in the desert. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I got to think another day on prayer. I, I don't know, I'm probably gonna put it in the devotional in, in uh, try to pause Daniel studies in the bulletins and put in there something God showed me about prayer. Here's what happens. It's sometimes in, ask Daniel, in Babylon times, times of captivity, times of dryness, times of desert, when the heat's turned up, amen. Amen, when we feel like we're in a hazard, when we feel like we got more harm than we do hope. It's sometimes in that time that our prayer life grows with God or he sees what your prayer life's really made of. And here's what I got to thinking about just the other day. We beat ourselves up till we can't even pray. Here's what most of us think most of the time when we try to pray. Well, Lord, I ain't even fit to pray. Lord, to be honest with you, I know me. I'm helpless when it comes to praying. But here's what the Lord showed me the other day. There's two things that are keys to prayer. You know what the first one is? helplessness. Prayer, God's ability, doesn't show up till you get to the end of your inability. When you realize I'm incapable, I'm helpless, that's when God shows up. See, another thing I told my wife, we, we get to looking at Revelations three. Behold, I sent the door and knock, for he man opened door, I'll come in and stuff. we think about that as salvation. I mean, you can apply it like that. But here's the key. Do we want God to show up and eat supper with us? He's standing at the door. But as long as you think you can handle it, you ain't gonna open the door. But if you'll just open the door and say, God, I can't no more. That's when he comes in and sups with you. Here's the illustration God gave me to drive it home even further. Mark 2. Y'all know I preached a message there. Them four people just alike. Amen. Boy, amen. Them four people just alike, four of a kind, went to a house that was full. They climbed up on the house, ripped the shingles off, and let that man down at the feet of Jesus. Everybody remember that? I preached on that's when four of a kind beat a full house. Amen. amen. Preach on, Preacher. here. Amen. Y'all, y'all remember that? Here's what happened. They let, it, they let the boy down on their faith, they let him down to be healed. Jesus forgave him of his sin. They didn't ask for him to be forgiven of his sin. And in fact, the man was sick of palsy didn't even ask to be forgiven of sin. Am I in the King James Bible? But Here's the key to it. Church, we got to get this part. There was a prayer louder than what them four was saying. That that man was saying from his heart. So here's the problem. We think real prayer comes from here. But real prayer starts there and comes from here. God initiates your need to prayer. Knocking. You open up the door when you accept his invitation to pray. you everybody with me? Here's how I drew it. Because maybe somebody in here like me. I need it a little bit plainer. This baby right here don't know how to say a word. He's going to say preacher first. No, <laughs> he don't know. I'm just kidding. Probably going to say mama first, but he don't know how to ask for nothing. Would you all agree, Miss Andrew? You've, everybody here had kids? Don't know how. Ms. Miss, Miss Rhonda, when Anna was born, she didn't know how to ask for something. But all she did was cry. From her heart. And your mother's heart met the need of that cry. Hebrews 13, 6 says, let us boldly say the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear what man shall do to me. The Lord's having me slow down a little bit because we're missing this prayer time. Are y'all listening to this preacher? Here's what the word helper means. Two words combined in one. Here's what it means. Cry in need like a baby and Meet the need like a mother. The Lord looks at us and we think, well, I can't pray. I ain't in no shape to pray. Does does the babies care that they make you suffer? No, it don't even enter their mind. Do they care they keep you up at night? No, but you still love them and you're going to meet their need sometime before they ever cry because you know what they need. Isn't that what Isaiah said? Isn't that what the Bible tells us, even in the New Testament, that Lord meets our need before we ever ask it? Because He knows our heart. And from a heart, man, from the heart, man, are y'all listening? From a heart. You can't even get saved till your heart gets crying. Hey man, then your mouth, hey, man. Real prayer starts before your mouth does and keeps going after your mouth shuts. Everybody say, Amen. When God, when we cry like a baby, God meets the need of that cry, man! even better than a mom, because he don't sleep, and he don't get wore out, and he don't get on edge, and he, he don't get pushed to the limit. He knows what you have need of. In your desert time, church, don't give up when you can't figure out how to pray, and you don't know what to say. All you can do is cry. That's when you're starting to really get to where you can pray. It ain't lengthy prayers, and fancy prayers, and formulated prayers. It's just a cry from the heart without maybe saying a word that God takes notice of and he hears and answers prayer even in your desert times. Are y'all with me? That's what's happening to this eunuch. He don't know nothing. He don't know how to say. He don't know his creator. In my mind, here's what's happening. This eunuch probably has Saved his money, went down there, got a pretty good position as eunuch Ethiopian under Candace the queen. Candace the queen got some pretty good information, amen, about Solomon. And here this guy maybe brought back some truth. I don't know, something has drove him to Jerusalem. Maybe he went there expecting to see the Messiah that Solomon had spoken about in his Proverbs. I don't know what got him there, but when he got there, all, all he saw was religious people trying to sew a veil back together. They, so I'm about to have a fit up in here. Y'all better say Amen. All he heard about was some earthquake that broke all the rocks into, and they're sitting over there trying to patch all the graves up because people come busting out walking up down the streets. All he hears is everything's going on and he, he don't understand nothing and he stops by the Baptist bookstore and gets him a scroll of Isaiah and he happened to be reading that scroll of Isaiah and that day was 10 to a 10, to a, 10 and a half inches tall. It was about 17 sheets they said it'd be over 20 feet long and you telling me it's by chance I don't know God had him reading right there in Isaiah 53 and so he could walk up and preach the gospel Philip was going to preach to him Jesus was going to preach to Philip the gospel of Jesus Christ boy God's working things out are y'all with me there's some things be going on in the desert say preacher what can you see in the desert notice with, notice with me in verse 27 Here's what Philip found in his desert. Philip found in his desert right after the revivals he was in. Souls being saved, falling out, getting right with God. Power of God being present, healed people. I mean, God moving. he's He's in the club. I mean, he's got a crowd with him. The disciples are walking up down the streets. Woo! It's on. And the Lord said, I got a little evangelistic trip for you to get on. Go down to that desert, that hazard place, that hot place. Go to that place, folks get harmed. I want to show you. I can touch you. I can talk to you. I'm going to show you. Something. I'm going to set a table in the wilderness. Hey, man! Notice what he found. First of all, Philip found a sinner in the desert the Ethiopian eunuch he, hey man is down there in the desert he come back hey man all he's doing is hungry he's a looking he's a looking he's a longing hey man notice what the Bible says in verse 27 the Bible said he arose and went behold a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace queen of the Ethiopians he had charge of her treasure he had come to Jerusalem look at this for to worship he's coming to A temple that's in disarray. He's coming to a temple that the veil's been rent. He's coming to a place of worship and he's coming hungry and coming seeking, but he's leaving empty. But oh thank God, when there's a sinner, God'll send a preacher. I say amen. Woo! Ain't you glad one day when you're going in your desert of a sinner, sinful life, God sent a preacher, Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He found a sinner needing Jesus in the desert. Amen. Verse 27. But notice verse 29. He found a spirit in the desert. Look what the Bible said. Oh, Ethiopian eunuch was reading Isaiah the prophet sitting in his old chariot. Verse 29. Watch what the Holy Ghost said. The spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot Watch this. Must have been a little bit of peace from him because the Bible said he ran thither to him. <laughs> Woo! Hey Amen. He found the spirit down there. It wasn't just the angel the Lord and the Savior sent him down there. He found the Holy Ghost down there. Amen. Yeah, and the spirit of God took him up there and let him, had him leave the city revival. Had him leave that fruitful place. Had him leave that place where non-religious and religious were getting saved. Went to a remote location in a secluded location, in a desert location, just for one sinner. Oh, ain't you glad thank God the Holy Ghost. Hey Amen. To speak to one sinner. I'm actually glad that day me and my wife both got saved. I don't know when you got saved, but I sure am glad the man of God preached and the Holy Ghost spoke to him and spoke through him to me and I got born again, Brother Dale. Woo, I say amen. He found the spirit down there, amen. Boy, I like it. You say, preacher, just hold on a minute, time out. I feel like I'm in captivity. I feel like I'm dry. I feel like I'm in a desert place. You don't understand. In the desert, things don't live. There's no growth down there. There's not a life down there. But hold on a minute. Look around just a minute. It might be in your desert that God's allowed you to get there just to reach one sinner. You're in such a prayerful state right now. You're praying. You feel helpless. You feel hopeless. And so now you're in that right attitude of prayer. You really ain't even thanking him for all he's done for you. You're really causing him suffering by not living a happy victorious, joyous life, uh, but, but he's gonna meet your need because he loves you. And in that desert, you'll run into somebody you normally would not have seen. Boy, ain't you glad God knows. And not only that, you'll the Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, go ahead and share the word with him. Go ahead and join yourself to him. Go ahead and, hey man, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And the Bible said he ran. I like that. David ran to face the giant. Hey man, and old Philip ran to preach the gospel. Oh, God likes running. Say amen. Woo, I just have me a little running fit right now. (laughs) I say amen. He likes it when folks get excited. He don't want you to walk around like, well, I've lost my best friend. I'm out here in this desert, and man, it's hot. I don't know, God ain't even thinking about me no more. No, you got the gospel. Sinners are gonna go to hell. Lift up your spirits. Share the good news. Say amen. The Holy Ghost will speak to you. He said, Preach, I don't believe that. Well, ask John. He deserted him on an island, and the Holy Ghost showed up, and the Lord showed up. Amen. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He found the Spirit. He found the scriptures in the desert. He expounded. The Bible says this. What's this? He's reading. The eunuch was reading in verse 28, Isaiah the prophet. In verse 30, he heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest that thou that What thou readest. He said, How can I, except some man guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now he's talking about his humiliation. He's talking about him declaring his job. He's led as a sheep to the slaughter. And verse 32 and verse, he's reading Isaiah 53. That's 53 chapters into the book of Isaiah. And let me just say it one more time. That's 54 columns of text. Amen. Hallelujah. That's 24 feet long minimum in every scroll of Isaiah. That's a big scroll to have rolled out in the chariot to be reading at the exact place that God's going to send a servant down there to preach a sermon so a sinner by the spirit can. (laughs) Woo! I say thank God for the scriptures in the desert what will give you help, what will help sinners, what will help the saints is the scriptures. Stay in the book. Don't quit reading your Bible. I wonder tonight, if I was to ask, how many people in this building have read five chapters this week? I wonder how many people lift your hand. I wonder if we just said, I wonder how many people's read two chapters this week. I wonder how many people lift their hand. I wonder if we got enough chapters to match how many people take the preacher out Take the Sunday school teachers out. Do we have enough chapters collectively to match the number of people we got in this building? Y'all listen to this preacher. And we wonder why we're in the desert. I'll tell you this. If you'll just read the Bible in the desert, even in the desert, God will help you. Say, Amen. Amen. He started preaching to him in Isaiah 53. He found the scriptures. And, the, oh, Philip was at the exact moment, at the providential place in Isaiah 53, that Philip could jump up in the chariot and preach to him about Calvary, preached about the death of burial, and the resurrection. Hey, man, hallelujah. And guess what happened in verse 37? Amen. Here's what the eunuch found Philip found the spirit in the desert. Philip found a sinner in the desert. Philip and the eunuch (laughs) found scriptures in the desert. But watch what happened in verse 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In your NIV Bible, that verse ain't even in there. That's why they don't believe you gotta be saved before you get baptized. They pervert baptism. Hey, is everybody okay? It's in your King James Bible, but it ain't in your non-inspired version. Amen, preacher. I'm going to tell you what the eunuch found, and if you got a King James Bible, you find it. And verse 37, how these, these, the man told me the other day, said, well, preacher, you know that the NIV has been revised, and they've heard what y'all said, and they started slipping some in there, or they put them in the side columns, or in the bottom footnotes. I just want to tell you this, I'd be scared to death, change one word, much less take a whole verse out that talks about you can't be baptized unless you believe in the Lord Jesus. Everybody say amen. Woo, preach on, preacher, amen. You mean to tell me the eunuch found salvation of the Lord in the desert? What does this show us, preacher? What's the big deal about this, preacher? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That means that sinners can get saved when it's down there and the rain's coming in and them sloshy times. I mean, when the Holy Ghost is moving. But he can also save sinners when it's dry and it's a desert. (laughs) Amen. You know, there's some people in here right now, honest to God. They don't have no idea what I'm preaching now. I've been preaching twenty minutes and don't know what they don't even know what I'm preaching. They probably don't know have no idea what I'm preaching. That's why we end up in the desert. Because God ain't we realize over there in Canaan, we got it so good we ain't even reading the Bible. We not even praying, we're not even seeking God. He has to allow a desert time. Hey man, so we can see sinners in need dying and going to hell we put their need before ours. Everybody say amen. We can look, but sometimes we get so numb to the Holy Ghost moving in the services and the preaching of the Word of God and the Spirit of God on singing. We just, hey, I would take about four services in a dead church to realize how blessed we are. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I appreciate the scriptures. Being, I'm glad we have the authoritative Word of God in desert times. You can see sinners say, even in desert times. Everybody with me? Everybody with me today? What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you can get saved when it's dry and the ground's cracked and it feels like the wind's blowing and nothing's growing and ain't nobody getting saved and ain't no revival going on. God can still save the sinner. Are y'all with me today? See, here's the problem. I wonder we honest, be honest, if we could put up here on a screen somewhere how much time we've put in the altar, in our prayer closet, on our knees, even bowing our head, asking for that person that we say we want to see saved. I wonder how much we've even prayed this week. Somebody, is everybody okay? I wonder how much we've studied the Bible this week. I wonder how sensitive we are to the Holy Ghost speaking in our heart. Boy, I'm glad in the middle of a desert time the Holy Ghost will still speak to you. The Lord will still speak to you. The scriptures are still present. Amen. Salvation is still working even in the time of a desert. But watch this. Look at verse number 39, the first part. And when they were come up, the Bible said in verse 38, Philip commanded the the eunuch, commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. Anybody know that that means, I know you probably already know this, but let me just say. They didn't just pour some on, they didn't dip some on, they didn't sprinkle it on, they didn't put a cup on, they didn't put a thimble on. They went down in the water, came up out of the water. Baptized means to bury. You can't bury something sprinkle is, is everybody okay? Amen. He, <laughs> Woo! he found a sinner. Wanting to take the first step to surrender. That's what baptism is in the desert. He found a sinner wanting to follow God in baptism. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. The eunuch got translated from darkness to light. Dr. Rollier's 20th century doctor Found out, Brother Scott, that people that had tuberculosis, even advanced stage, tuber- that attacked hips. I, I don't know for sure. They say the majority uh, of folks in our day have either had tuberculosis or has somebody in their family that has tuberculosis. In the prison system, it's rampant as a chaplain, I would have to go get tested every year just to make sure I didn't have tuberculosis. You know what Dr. Rolier found in World War I and about 1746 people came back with tuberculosis. I'm sorry, 2167. 1700 out of the 2000 got completely healed and fully recovered. You know what they found out? All they had to do with folks that had tuberculosis was take them out in the S-U-N and expose them to the sun. (laughs) Oh, God. I sure am glad I'm saved. Hey, you know how sinners get saved? By exposing them to the S-O-N. <laughs> Woo! Through track, handing, preaching, sharing the gospel. Amen, preacher. Preach on. Amen. That's right. Fresh air and sunlight would heal them folks. With tuber- and folks today are eat up with a sin of tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis is a type of sin, if you will. And they're eat up. And the best thing we can do is expose to the S-O-N for the son of righteousness has arisen with healing in his wings I'm glad he can heal what's wrong with people Amen. the recovery of those patients didn't depend upon them thinking the recovery of them patients did not depend on them feeling the recovery of them patients did not depend on them willing themselves healed In fact, the recovery of all them patients was completely the son's job. Is everybody with me today? I'm telling you what we need to do is expose people to the sun. And that's what was happening. The son of God told Philip, go down there and preach me. He don't know what he's talking about. He thinks Isaiah's talking about himself. He needs a preacher to go down there and preach the Bible the because Bible, God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. And how beautiful are the feet of them. that, Hey man, that bring good tidings, How publish the peace. Hey, hey, thank God, how can they hear without a preacher? And the eunuch said, how can I understand? Hey, except somebody explain this to me. I need a preacher. Oh, ain't ain't you glad? The scriptures were there. A servant was there. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit was there. A sinner was there. Salvation was there. Surrender, amen, and baptism was there. Amen. A supernatural effect was there. What happened? Here this eunuch got born again on his way back to Ethiopia. But that ain't the only thing that happened. Not only did the sinner experience something, after Philip baptized him, look what the Bible says. Verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, watch this, caught away. That word there means transported, translated. Not only did a sinner come from darkness, translated to the kingdom of his dear son, the servant got transported. I told somebody the other day, I was at the front door, I said that was beam me up Scotty before Star Trek ever existed. Amen. He got transported. He got he traveled at the speed of thought. We'll look, at the Bible. He was called away. Amen. <laughs> he was transported by the Spirit and was found miles way farther. Amen. than two to the, some people say two to three days' journey at Isatos. Oh, can I say today, hey man, if you'll just mind God, you'll see something supernatural. Y'all look up here at your preacher. He was a faithful deacon. He was an evangelist that raised children, right? He was a man that God used to start revival in Samaria and Jerusalem and the cities of Samaria. But y'all look up here at your preacher. He never saw anywhere what he saw in the desert. He never experienced anything like he experienced in the desert. He was translated. He was caught away I'm talking about didn't come up out of the water plant a church no ain't what happened he was an evangelist. He went over there and preached. The sinner got saved and got transported him to his next location. Hey man. I'm gonna tell you what, if you'll just go ahead and walk with God, you might not get this translation. God can. He can do what he wants to do. Those times I've been riding down the road and not how not know how I got a few, a few hundred miles. Hey man, but it wasn't because I was sleepy. It's because it was foggy in the house of God, and the house of God was my car. Hey, Amen. I was enjoying the presence of God. I, you say, preacher, we you won't ever experience that. I don't know what you will, but I'll tell you this if you'll just be sensitive, if you'll just surrender, if you'll just seek the salvation, hear the Spirit of God, hey man, witness the folks that need to preach the gospel, stand on truth, be submissive to the will of God, you'll see supernatural things that you never see anywhere else. He never got transported. He had to walk down there and then run down there, but he got caught away. He got swooped up. He got transported. Amen. Amen. Lord, how mercy. Mercy. amen, thank you Lord that ain't always so look what the Bible said verse 39 when the Lord called away the spirit of the Lord called away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. watch this here sir preacher reckon why I' done that well there's a lot of reasons, but I think one reason is the eunuch was going to be a light down in Africa. Are y'all listening? You, you, You ought to just study the Fox's Book of Martyrs and look how when the church was persecuted, it grew. And they tell me, I don't know, I'm not a historian, but they tell me that when Barabbas got off the cross, he got saved and became a missionary in Scott Irish, in that land. Brother, hey, our our forefathers might have heard <laughs> Woo Hey, and those Viking, Scotch-Irish, they might have heard the gospel because an old boy realized that somebody took the cross for him. Amen. I say glory be to God. Is everybody okay? I'm being praised. Bless the Lord, my soul. Hey, God was sending a light down in Africa. He was going to send the gospel down there. He was going to tell what good things the Lord's done for him. That's what I believe. Now think about this, church. Here's what happened. The Bible says when Philip was called away, the Bible says he went on his way rejoicing. I'm not adding to the Bible. You can look the word up if you don't believe me yourself. Look that word up rejoicing. It means to proclaim with a loud voice. He said, I got a story to tell, and it's making me swell, and I gotta <laughs> hey, he made me well and I gotta tell. Hey man. And he started shouting. He started rejoicing. As Philip is leaving out transporting, he could hear the eunuch back there rejoicing and celebrating and thanking God that he was. Are y'all look up here and say, in other words, this old boy didn't have somebody train him how to worship, and worship broke out from the inside out. And if you you get saved, it ought to break out once in a while on you. Amen. Now, if Philip hadn't went to the desert, look what he'd have missed. He got to say a lot of things in the desert. I wonder what we're going to miss by running from our desert. I wonder what we going to miss. You said, preacher, what else did he do? John 6, 31, Jesus tells that crowd, don't you remember, Israel ate manna in the desert. In Isaiah 35, we're reminded that God can make the desert Bloom like a rose, <laughs> hey man! He said in Isaiah forty, talking about the millennial kingdom. He's gonna build a highway in the desert, hey man! And Isaiah forty-three, he's told them he can put streams in the desert, and he did it out of the rock for the children of Israel. And Jeremiah chapter two verse six: Here the Lord, the Holy Ghost, pins down through Jeremiah. God led His people through the desert. The Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness, through the land of deserts and pits through a land of drought, a shadow of death through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwell. God just didn't lead us in. He led us through it. I say amen. John the Baptist spent his life preaching and baptizing. Jesus healed the sick in the desert. Jesus fed the multitude in the desert. Jesus preached to the disciples in the desert. Jesus prayed to the Father in the desert. He healed the and in the desert. I wonder what God's going to do in your desert. I wonder what we're going to do in our desert. Let's see, everybody stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed.